What's up, church? I pray things are going well in your life. I'm excited to bring you a fresh word. Have you ever noticed how your mind gets made up about something and it's like a straight line? It's like, man, nothing can stop you from doing what you want to do, right? But what happens when you're not totally convinced? It doesn't take much to get you off course. Today's message is called Make a Way. You can't always choose the things that life is going to throw at you, but you can decide how you're going to handle it and what you're going to do about it. God wants to help you fight through adversity, identifying your enemies, and experiencing His fullness in the process. So let me pray, and then we're going to jump into Luke chapter 19 today. Make a way. Man, let's ask God to help us make a way. Father, we just come uh, just acknowledging that we need your help, Father. And uh, sometimes we don't even realize to the extent of what that means. And so, Lord, I just pray today you would speak to us, um, Holy Spirit, that we would, man, have fresh eyes to see the way that our life is and the way that you see them to help us navigate through it better. So we would make a way, not letting anything keep us from you or keep us from the plans that you've spoken over us. Father, we just love you. Uh, just meet with us right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 10. Uh, let's go. Jesus in Jericho, and he made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by his name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Mm. That's a powerful story, church. I pray that you want Jesus in your home today, just like Zacchaeus did, and just like I do, that you would want him in your home. And it starts off with this. We have to come for Jesus the way that he comes for us. We have to come for Jesus the way he comes for us. In verse 1 and 2, it says, Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. You see, before we even are aware of God is real, that uh, he sent his son for us, before we even realize any of those things of how God is trying to work in our life, Jesus is already in our vicinity. We just read how Jesus entered this town and there was a man there. So before we go searching for God, God has already assigned Jesus to come to us, to meet us where we're at in our life. And that's mind-blowing to think of. He's aware of us before we're aware of him. Our world tries to teach us that unless we're doing things of significance, we're always going to be insignificant. That what we have is more is lacking and more is always needed. I mean, that's why you see people 
man, running themselves to the ground, right? It's just like a hamster just constantly spinning on a wheel. They're doing all these things, but they're going nowhere. And no matter what they have, they're still lacking the one thing that they really aspire to grasp. This man's a kid. He had the riches. He had the position. He was set. And in America, we hear about living the American dream. Man, come to America and you could live this great life. You could achieve these dreams. And Zacchaeus had the position. And he, you know, he could have never went to looking back. And what does America do? Usually, it, it doesn't mention uh, anything that comes attached with, hey, you should get the wealth, get the position, and you're set. You don't have to worry about nothing. What it doesn't mention, though, is possessions and position don't equal salvation. Those things may get you out of trouble with people or a courtroom, but it can't pay the bill for your sins that come due when the life on earth is over. And Jesus understood Zacchaeus' need for him, and Zacchaeus understood his need for Jesus. But we do we understand our need for Jesus? Verse 3 and 4 says, He tried to look, get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Church, we all have things in our life that's trying to get in the way of being able to see Jesus. A lot of times, the choices and decisions we make, it leads to a wall that's trying to separate ourselves from Him without even realizing it. But sometimes, man, just the cards that we're dealt in life, it could come from our upbringing, from our families, uh, things that are passed down and handed to us. We didn't ask for it, but it's often inherited to us um, that try to get in the way. I mean, think about Zacchaeus, right? It said it was too short. He didn't ask for that, but that was a reality, even though he wanted to see Jesus. Me, I'm Mexican, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm short. I didn't ask for it, but it's the cards I was dealt. Some of us have been wanting to see Jesus, but we keep coming up short. It's not always your fault. Growing up, man, I, uh, in my family, especially in the men, uh, a lot of us are, are big and drinking and, and doing things we shouldn't do. But it's something that's kind of passed down to us. So by the time I was in middle school, I was already drinking and doing drugs. And, man, that's really a reality in my family because it's something that is shown to us and it's passed down. And we pass it on to those that come after. It's not something we ask for, but it's something that uh, is inherited sometimes. You see, we all have things the enemy has strategically identified in our life, whether it's inherited, whether it's passed down, uh, whether we brought it upon ourselves. He identifies things that he's trying to use to prevent us from seeking Jesus. We have to become aware, aware of these realities and then make a decision of how we need to respond. We see what Zacchaeus did. He understood he couldn't let it be an excuse for being intentional and finding a way to Jesus. We have to have that same mindset, intention, and, and determination. Like, man, you know what? I can't let the things um, that I've gone through, or I can't let the things that were passed down, things, the cars that are dealt to me, keep me from seeking Jesus. Because uh, he could have very easily said, you know what? I can't see him over this crowd. I, I'll catch him a different day. I'll, I'll see him later on. But Zacchaeus knew. He said, nah, man, I, I can't wait another day. I can't waste this opportunity. I, this is, I can't. I have to find a way to him. And so he made a way. Church, we have to have that same determination to make a way. In verse 5, it says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Hmm. I love that because it shows that God is always watching. And when you don't hear that uh, view, uh, I, I want you to hear that as a negative thing, okay? 
It doesn't mean that he wants you living on eggshells. And like Jesus is going to take off his chonkle and just hit you upside the head and bam, you know. Sometimes we do need that, right? We do need that wake-up call. Um, but that's not what God does, okay? God is watching over you like any good parent who wants the best for their child. And when you're a child, sometimes you forget that and you think, man, your parents are being too tough. They're being hard on you. But as you grow older, you realize they're coming from a place of love and compassion and genuinely caring about your well-being. We see in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. I want you to know that God cares about you. He cares about you like a parent cares about their child. And in fact, He knows your name. Just the same way that Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name, He knows your name and He cares about you. He wants an intimate relationship with you, so that way you can speak freely, knowing that your thoughts, your words, your actions, they're not going to be used against you. What we experience in our life too often, man, it, it affects the way that we view our Father. And it can be the closest to us that do the most damage. For some of us, it may be our parents, it may be a family member, it may be our siblings. Others, it could be somebody that we dated, it could be a friend that we trusted. Um, the hurt we experience by those we trust most makes us not want to trust others because now our view is being weighed down. Uh, we're expected to get let down and disappointed and hurt again. But church, hear me clearly when I say this. We can't let how people hurt us keep us from how God wants to love us, okay? We can't let how people hurt us keep us from how God wants to love us. He can't take back what someone has done to you um, or will do to you, but he can love you through it, help you process it, and heal from it. And Jesus is saying today, hey, let me in your home. I want to be your guest, but I need you to say that you'll have me. Okay, I, I'm not just going to force my way into your life. I want you to open up your heart to me. And, and here's another truth that we learned from what we just read today. Our response demonstrates our belief. Okay, our response demonstrates our belief. In verse 6, it says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. It should excite us and fill us with immeasurable joy. That Jesus wants to be our guest. In those times, man, being a tax collector, it was not a popular job. Everyone already felt oppressed by the Romans. And being a tax collector means that you were the one that worked for the Romans and collecting the taxes from the people, from your own people. And oftentimes, those people, man, were actually ripping off their own people. So being in this position is not one that often other people looked up to you, okay? It's one that people were like, man, I cannot stand that dude. Zacchaeus wasn't just a regular tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. Yet he understood and felt the conviction in himself so much that he was willing to seek Jesus at the expense of his own safety. And we're not just talking about his position and his finances, but physically. Too often we think, man, you know what? Crimes nowadays are crazy, man. I can't believe how crazy it is and people getting killed left and right. Man, back in the day, man, killing in the streets was a way of life, Okay. It was accepted. Everybody would be in agreement and just kill somebody and go about their day like nothing happened. And Zacchaeus knew the cost, but he understood it would cost him more in his life not to pursue Jesus. That demonstrates his belief in Jesus. He didn't question what Jesus says. And church, too often for us, right, we say we believe in him, but what does our response look like? When we pray, do we give it to him or do we get impatient trying to force our way? 
when we read, do we believe his word to be true, his promises to be true, or do we keep looking for truth in other places? Zacchaeus didn't question what Jesus spoke to him. He responded in belief doing what he said. He responded with gratitude that he would even be acknowledged him. We want to see prayers answered. We want to see miracles happen before we're like, okay, God, I trust you now. I mean, what does that say a lot about us, right? What does that say about our response? Man, church, I pray that when Jesus speaks to each one of us, we wouldn't let the cards we're dealt in life, we wouldn't let the way that we view things of how people affect us keep us from responding in belief with instant appreciation and obedience. We have to quit getting hung up on who we used to be or how we felt today and focus how amazing it is that Jesus knows our name, that God cares about us, that he wants to have a relationship, that he wants to be a part of our life, and he's doing a work right now. What does our response look like? In verse 7 it says, But the people were displeased. He's going to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. <laughs> I like that verse because you probably have said this and you hear this a lot, man. We say all things are possible in Christ, that there's nothing too great for God. But when it comes to the notorious sinner, what do we do, right? Instead of witnessing and praying for change, man, we treat that, or do we treat that person like Zacchaeus? Oh, man. Or do we treat that the, the person, we treat people like the people did Zacchaeus is what I mean. What he did to his own people, uh, it should be held accountable, right? There should be debt for the actions um, that he has. And it's amazing to me the bitterness and the evil that we as Christians or believers can harbor in ourselves at the expense of others. Instead of looking at a troubled person as someone in need of Jesus, we look at their actions and we think, man, you know what? They need to be punished. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't be held accountable or there shouldn't be consequences for action. But what I'm saying is we shouldn't want to cast stones first before we ask God to to take their stone of a heart and, and hit that first and change that. Seeing Jesus work in somebody's life in that atmosphere when they're a hot mess, it, it reminds us that when we're a hot mess, that God's still going to love us and he's still going to help us too. So instead of being displeased, we should give praise that no one is too far gone for Jesus to reach. That a bad rap and a life won't keep Jesus from pursuing a relationship that cultivates change. Because church, man, I was a kid for much of my life. I was a notorious sinner. And people didn't want to see me at church. They want to see me in the jail cell paying for the things that I've done. And man, rightfully so. And praying for crimes, man, I know a lot of times we think, you know what? They're going to learn their lesson. Man, the only thing that it taught me is that I had the ability to adapt to environments that I put myself in. Man, if it wasn't for people that prayed for me, that really responded in belief for me, man... I don't know where I'd be at because it was God that reached out to me and, and changed everything to me, right? And no one else could have done that. No one else could have done that. That's why we need to be praying for them to notorious sinners because there was a point that we were that person if we still aren't that person, right? So believe that he could change them. And if we're struggling, believing that he could change somebody, that they're too far gone, man, we need to pray about ourselves and say, man, God, would you start with me? Would you start with my doubts? Would you start with my response? Because I need help for myself, okay? Because our response shows our belief. And here's the other thing. Our life is evidence of God's truth. In verse 8, it says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, 
I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. How does your life reflect the evidence of God's truth? Do people see Jesus in you? When you're standing there and you're talking with God, what are you talking about? Is it all about you and it's all focused on you? Or has he been doing a work inside of you that makes you aware of other things? You see, you could witness the work God was doing internally by what Zacchaeus was doing externally. If you've been walking with the Lord for years, but your life is no different than it was when you first made that decision, then it might need a revision, okay? You might need to go back to square one and see what's going on. Because God's word repeatedly talks about how believers should always be maturing in faith and growing. And when that's not happening, it's often because we're that person getting in the way of it, right? We're the ones preventing it because we want to have a pick and choose what we want to do. And that ain't cool, church. I mean, that that shows the evidence of God's truth in our life. In verse 9 to 10, it says, Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Who are we showing ourselves to be? You see, when it's clear to Jesus who we have become, others should be able to notice it too. And he said he seeks and saves those who are lost. And you can tell a person is lost by the words that they use, by the way they live their life, by their actions, by their thoughts, by what's going on in their life. And the same is true about a person who's saved. Right? You can see the, the way that God is working in their life by their words, by their actions, by how they're handling adversity, the things that they're enduring. And it doesn't mean that we have it all together or that we're perfect, but we all are a work in progress. And that's the key, progress. When we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us internally, inside of us, there is progress that gets shown on the outside of us, on externally. And I could have been a man. If you would have looked at me before I knew Jesus, my words, right, my mouth was ugly, okay? I had a sailor's mouth, right? All the cuss words and just the things I would say were really foul. But today, you can still hear some of the hood out of me, but what is even louder is the Holy Spirit in me, okay? You should see evidence of God's truth in your life one way or another. It's either going to show, man, the transformation and the renewing of your mind and the work that He's doing inside of you and changing you, or it's going to show that you really ain't as changed as you thought you was and you really are playing church and, and playing Jesus and playing yourself in the process. Matthew 12, 33 says, A tree is identified by its fruit. And if a tree is good, its fruit will be good. But if a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And you feel like, okay, I hear that. Well, what is fruit? Galatians 5, 22, 23 say, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruits in our life. Love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So those are the fruits that we should be seeing in our life if our tree is good, okay? So if you don't see the Holy Spirit producing that kind of fruit in your life, you don't see love, you don't see joy, patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, well, you better start looking at your tree because God's word doesn't come back void. And it's going to reveal the truth one way or another. Either the evidence that gets laid all on the table is going to show that the Holy Spirit is doing the work inside of you, and so the outside of you uh, is reflecting that, or it's going to reveal um, that you're the one doing all the work inside yourself. And that's why the outside, the fruit, that's why your life doesn't look that very different. That's why people are like, man, you really believe, man, I've seen you be going to church for years, but you're still the same person. Your attitude ain't changed. Your, your anger ain't changed. Like, 
I thought God changes people. Why are you still the same? Well, man, look at the evidence in your life. And what is it saying? So my challenge for all of us is to be like Zacchaeus and don't settle. We don't settle, church. We got to find a way to make a way. And it starts by being intentionally and seeking Jesus the way that he seeks us. That means I can't be living off of yesterday's fruit. I can't be living off of yesterday's achievements. I can't be living off of yesterday's prayers. I got to wake up today and I got to start all over. That means I got to go wake up and seek Jesus throughout the day. And that's not an easy thing to do. I get it, man. There's so many things fighting for our time and for our attention. But we have to be intentional, right? No matter if the cards deal to us are difficult, no matter if we inherit it, no matter if we make the choices for ourselves, we have to be intentional in seeking Jesus and making a way to Jesus the same way that Zacchaeus did. And not only that, we got to identify the doubts um, that are, are being reflected in our response because our response shows our belief. And we can identify the ways that maybe we've been doubting God or maybe we haven't been fully trusting in the way that we say we do or we think that we do. And so what do you do? You got to identify those doubts. You got to call them by name. You got to cast them out. And then you got to replace it with God's truth. And you got to say, okay, you know what? I, I don't feel worthy for this. But you know what, God? You, your word says that I am worthy because Jesus said that he, I was worthy because he gave his life for me. I have to believe these things. God, man, I'm really struggling with my anger. But you said that whenever I focus on you and I allow the Holy Spirit to work in me, that you would give me the self-control to control my anger and to be able to challenge and channel these inner, these emotions and this passion in a healthy way. Church, you got to identify your doubts and work on standing on his truth. And the other thing we got to do is review our evidence. And we got to review our evidence often. We got to stop and look and say, okay, you know what? I've been doing this for a while. Like, why am I still really struggling with this? So how come I haven't changed in the way that I know I should be further along? Well, maybe you keep blocking the progression and that God has been trying to get you to do because you haven't been obedient. You haven't been doing the things that he's asked of you. You haven't been repenting, acknowledging the way that you fell and asking for forgiveness and turning from the things you think you can just continue to go through life and, and God's going to just be a magician and, and hand everything to you and make it all easy without doing anything. No, man, review your evidence. Look at your tree. Man, what are you doing? What does it look like? And let's work towards progression. Let's make a way. Let's not settle and coast through life. Man, let's continue to press the envelope and get better every day. Amen. So let me pray. Father, I just thank you. Um, that you are a God that is always looking to sharpen us and to shape us and to mold us and to bring progression in our life, Lord. And oftentimes that's something that we would experience that's not easy. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. It's stretching. It's challenging. But it's also so rewarding, Lord. And so, Father, I just pray that as you stretch us, as you mold us, as you shape us, as you sharpen us, um, that we wouldn't settle and say, no, nah, I'm good. I, I don't want to do anymore. No, we would always press forward and press deeper into you knowing that you uh man are doing a work that we're is such needed in our lives because it's going to be even greater in our lives for those around us including ourselves and so lord man just help us help us you know identify our doubts help us review our evidence help us be intentional in seeking you and always looking not to settle in this life so that way we can look back at it and say you know what i lived a life that was worthy of the calling that he spoke over me. That was worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for me. And, and I give it all to you. 
And so, Father, I just ask that you would help my brothers and sisters. You would help myself with that, that we would be sensitive to your voice and hear you clearly and that we wouldn't, man, become stagnant in our faith, but we would constantly be learning and growing and pressing forward and just humbled um, by the way that you continue to be patient and love us in the process. So, Father, we just love you. We trust you and pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, church, I love y'all. God bless y'all. I hope that you have a great week. Um, we got some exciting things in the work here at ABU. Um, so make sure to stay tuned and follow our Facebook page to stay up to date on all those things. Uh, we got a website coming soon and just a lot of great things coming in. But I love y'all, church. Y'all have a great day. And, man, don't settle, all right? I got some good things for you. So don't settle for anything less than his best. Amen. God bless.